welcome to the 94th episode of the Podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead, turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're talking about the Zhuan, or some people know it as the Grudge franchise. There are 13 movies total, 4 were U.S. produced, and 1 season of a TV series. So we have a lot of info to go over. Um, And I will apologize now because I know I'm going to seriously butcher most of these names. So the movies, the 13 movies, are in order when they released. The first one, Zhuan the Curse from 2000. This was direct-to-video. It followed two short movies that served as a proof concept, which are Katasumi and 444-444-4444, a whole bunch of fours. And we'll talk about that, what that means a little bit later. It was written and directed by Takashi Shimizu, starring Yuri Yanagi, Chaiki Kuriyama, Hitomi Maiwa, and Takako Fuji um, is... Kayoko Saiki, and she will be in most of the movies going forward. Um, runtime on this movie is 70 minutes, and Ryota Koyama played Tashi in this movie. The second movie is Juan the Curse 2 from 2000, again, direct to video, again, written and directed by Shimizu. This is really his baby, this entire franchise, except for a couple of exceptions. Starring a couple of people whose names I'm going to mess up, so I'm going to skip them. Uh, Kyoko and Tashi. Uh, Tashio are played, again, by the same actors. Runtime, 76 minutes. The third movie, Juan the Grudge, from 2002, so two years later. This is the first theatrical release. Shimizu is back. Starring Megumi Okina, Misaki Ito, Takashi Matsuyama, and the runtime is 92 minutes. Box office overseas was $3,657,000. Again, the same actors played Kayako, and Toshio was played this time by um, Yuya. Oziki, because uh, it's a little boy, so people, kids age out of, of that role. The fourth movie is Juan the Grudge 2 from 2003, so one year later. Shimizu is back, starring some different people. Runtime, 96 minutes. Uh, box office, let's see, was 1790000 dollars Kayako is again the same actress, and Tashio is the same actor as last time. The Grudge from 2004, so one year later. This is the first U.S. remake, also directed by Shimizu. So this is basically just a retread of Zhuan the Grudge with Americans thrown in and expands the, um, the role of the professor in this movie. Written by Stephen... Susco, produced by Sam Rainey, Robert Tabert, and uh, Tasiki 
Itchy, I-C-H-I-S-E. So Sam Raimi, of course, been in tons of stuff. Spider-Man, I mean, produced tons of stuff. Spider-Man and Robert Tabert. Um, the Evil Dead, all sorts of stuff. Starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep, Buffy. Jason Bear. Katie Strickland. Clea Duvall. Bill Pullman. Ted Raimi, who's Sam Raimi's brother. And I know him... Uh, he's been in lots of stuff, but I know him most from probably Xena, Warrior Princess. He makes a brief appearance. Some actors are back for this as well, as Kyoko and Toshio. Same actors. <coughs> Excuse me, runtime 91 minutes. Budget of $10 million. Box office of $187.2 million. So, that was a big success. Next up, The Grudge 2 from 2006. Two years later, this is a sequel to The American... Remake, again directed by Shimizu, produced again by Sam Raimi, and um, co-written again by Stephen Susco, starring Amber Tamblin, Ariel Kebble, Jennifer Bills, a runtime 102 minutes, budget of 20 million, box office of 70.7 million, so did pretty good, but not the blockbuster that the first remake was. And The Grudge 3 from 2009, so again three years later, another sequel. This time it was direct-to-video. Shimizu did not direct this, but was instead the producer. This one is directed by Toby Wilkins, written by Brad Keane, starring Joanna Brady, Gil McKinney, Emmy um, Aikihada, Runtime, 91 minutes. Budget, I'm not sure what the budget is, but the box office was $1.8 million. This is considered a financial failure. And while the other two American releases were PG-13, this one was R-rated. Next up, Juan White Ghost from 2009. Shimizu was not the producer. It was directed, produced, and written by Riata Miyaka. Starring a few people, I won't try to mention their names. Uh, Runtime 61 minutes. That movie is often shown together with Juan Black Ghost. And we'll talk about more of the plot of those two um, in a second. Directed, produced, and written by Mari Asato. Runtime 60 minutes. So uh, Juan White Ghost and Juan Black Ghost are, as I said, often viewed as a double feature. The tenth movie, Juan, The Beginning of the End, from 2014. So that's, uh, let's see, what, five years later? It's considered a reboot of the series. Shimizu is not involved. It was directed and written by Masayuki uh, Ochia, co-written by Tagashigi Itchisi and produced by him. And this one, let's see. Different person plays Kyoko. Kyoko, and that's Mishaki Saisho. And the actor that plays Toshio is Kai Kobayashi. Runtime 91 minutes, box office of 1.7 million. And Juwan, The Final Curse from 2015, one year later, written and directed by the same people, returning are the same actors playing Kyoko and 
Tashio Runtime 90 Minutes. The 12th movie is Sadako vs. Kayako. Kayako. From 2016, one years later, this is considered a crossover between the Juan Grudge and the Ring franchises. Directed and screenplay by Kaji Shirashi. And let's see here. Runa Endo is Kayako. Ellie Namani is Sadako. And Rintaro Shibamoto is Tashio. Runtime 98 minutes. Box office of 8325000 The 13th and last movie so far is The Grudge from 2020. This is not a reboot. It is considered a side equal, which is it takes place concurrently with the movies Grudge, Grudge 2, and Grudge 3 events. Shimizu did not direct this movie. It was directed and screenplayed by Nicholas Pesce, P-E-S-C-E, produced again by Sam Raimi and company, starring... Um, Andrea Roseboro, Damien Bashar, John Cho, Betty Galpin, and Lynn Shea. You remember her from the Insidious franchise. Kyoko is played by a different actor, Junko Bailey, and Takio, um, but Takio Fuji, who was Kyoko in most of the other movies in the franchise, um, does the Japanese dubbed voice. For faith in this movie. Runtime 94 minutes, budget of 10 to 14 million dollars, box office of 49.5 million. Together, all four grudge movies have a budget of 45 million dollars and a box office of 309.4 million dollars. So, definitely making their money back and then some. And then the last um, entry we will talk about is. One season of a TV series on Netflix called Juwan Origins from 2020. Um, maybe it's a prequel. We're not sure exactly how it fits in, but it's six episodes total. Each are 30 minutes long, so three hours. Not a big time investment. It was not directed by Shimizu. The director is Sho Miyaki. Producer, again, is Takasiji. Um... Of course, he did was also the producer on all four American Grudge movies and starring a bunch of people I won't try to read their names. Um, we'll talk about that more a little bit later. And then lastly, there is an animated series called Grudge 1.5 and a short uh, series called Tales from the Grudge that I won't cover here. Where to watch these movies? Okay. So, Juwan the Curse is free on YouTube with English subtitles. Juwan the Curse 2, free on YouTube as a combo with the first movie. Uh, Juwan the Grudge is on Amazon for free. Juwan the Grudge 2 is on Tubi for free. The Grudge, the American version, is on Amazon for free. The Grudge 2 and 3 are on Amazon, but they will cost you. Um... Or you can watch them not in English on YouTube. Um, Juan White Ghost is on YouTube, but I can't find it with the English subtitles. 
Juan Black Ghost is on YouTube. Juan Beginning of the End is on YouTube. Again, can't find it with the English subtitles. Juan the Final Curse, the same. Um, Sadako versus Kayako um, is on Shudder. The Grudge Remake. This one I'm not going to cover because I didn't see it. The only option seemed to be there buy the movie or sign up to the Stars Network. It cost $13 on YouTube, Google Play, or Apple TV, and I wasn't going to pay that, to be honest. And Juan Origins, the TV series, is on Netflix. Rotten Tomatoes scores. Juan the Curse, which directed video. Critics gave it a 64%. Audiences gave it a 66%. Juan the Curse 2, Direct-to-Video, no score listed. Juan the Grudge, was this is the first theatrical release, not rated by critics. Audiences gave it a 62%. Juan the Grudge 2, critics gave it a 56%. Audiences gave it a 69%. This is the second highest rating for critics or audiences. The Grudge, the U.S. remake, critics gave it a 40%. Audiences gave it a 46%. The Grudge 2, Critics gave it a 12%. Audiences gave it a 40%. This is the lowest rating from critics. The Grudge 3, not rated by critics. Audiences gave it 27%. Juan White Ghost and Juan Black Ghost, not rated by critics. Audiences gave them a 27%. Juan The Beginning of the End, not rated by critics. Audiences gave it a 17%. And this is the lowest rating in the series from audiences. Juan the Final Curse, which was the 2015 reboot, not rated. Sadako versus Kayako. Um, the crossover, critics gave it a 48%. Audiences gave it a 28%. And the latest, the Grudge movie, critics thus far have given 21%. Audiences gave it a 23%. So not very good. The TV series on Netflix... Critics gave it an 85%. Audiences gave it a 72%. So this is the highest rank of any of the movies by both critics and audiences. Okay, on to the plot. Uh, as you know, I typically read the brief IMDb synopsis and then just go over the plot just a little bit. Uh, this is going to be confusing because there are elements in the earlier movies that are in the later movies. Um, and yeah, so anyway, the plot. The, base, the basic premise is pretty simple. When a person dies a violent, rageful death, it spawns a curse that then spreads. Anyone who enters the cursed house um, will get attacked or sometimes possessed 99.9% .9 of the time, is always killed, and then the curse will spread to other people um, that those people know or related to or something like that. Um, a vengeful spirit in Japanese literature is called an onryo, O-N-R-Y-O. The initial haunting starts with a woman named Kayako and her son, Toshio. The woman, her son, and their cat are killed by the husband because he suspects her of cheating on him and that Toshio is not his son. Now anyone who comes in contact with the haunted house is cursed forever. So common threads of the franchise include 
uh, non-linear storytelling. So this is a bit confusing for some people because they're not sure what's going on because um, it's not in order. It switches to different people. There's usually six to eight parts, um, each usually focused on a specific character. So that is a bit confusing to some people. Um, there are is lots of death rattling from Kyoko and meowing from Tashio. Kayako likes to harass pregnant women, uh, strangle people with her long dark hair, and sometimes remove their jaws. They also pop up in strange places like under sheets, under tables, under steering wheels, and Kayako really likes to crawl down, slowly crawl downstairs. In these movies, it's not bad people that get punished. It's really anybody that goes in the house. It doesn't matter if they're good, bad, adults, children. doesn't matter at all. There are typically some schoolgirls in like little sailor school uniforms that are in most of these films that add to the body count. And... Um, the Japanese culture in many of these almost acts as a separate character and adds to the suspense of the series for those of us who are outside of Japan and are not used to um, necessarily all the aspects of Japanese culture. So the first movie is You on the Curse. As we said, it's direct-to-video. IMDB says a teacher visits the house of one of his students after the boy goes missing only to have a horrifying excuse for his absence from school. Presented in six segments, as I said, all listed as different people, including uh, Toshio, Kayako. There is another one, another person named Kayoko, just to make it confusing. Um, this film, in my opinion, is slow at times. It does a lot with not much money, though, and it is interesting to see the genesis of where we finally ended up with. So the basic gist here is Tokyo, um, Psyche kills his wife, Kyoko, their son, Toshio, and their cat, Mar. He kills him because, as I said before, he thinks his wife was having an affair, this time with Toshio's teacher, whose last name is Kobayashi. And the curse is born. Kobayashi visits the house to check on the boy and is killed. Meanwhile, Tokyo kills the teacher's that man's pregnant wife, and Takio is killed eventually outside by Kyoko. Next up is the Murakima family, and then a real estate agent, um, Tatsuya Suzuki, is trying to sell the house. He has his sister, Kyoko, check it, since she's some sort of a psychic, and then she has very bad feelings about the house. Uh, and then another couple, the Katata couple, comes in, so you get the idea. It's just a revolving door of people going in the house, and eventually, first, sometimes, just depends, some of them get terrorized by Kayako for a while, and some of them just get killed right off the bat. So that's the first, the curse movie. Next, The Curse 2, another director video, as we said. IMDb says, on his request, the sensitive sister of a real estate agent visits a house he intends to put up for sale, only to cross paths with its resident curse. Again, has six parts. 
shot back-to-back -back with the first movie. This contains 30 minutes of footage from the first Curse movie, and that only leaves 46 minutes of new content. Not sure why they decided to make a second movie. Um, this one just gives us a little more detail about the events and adds some new character. So if you remember the Katata's wife, um, Yoshimi, kills the husband with a frying pan, then offs a real estate agent, Tatsuya, when he arrives at the house, then his sister and his son are affected by the curse, and before he is killed, he takes them to his parents' house for safekeeping, but that doesn't help them. Everyone is killed but uh, Nobuyuki, who is now mute. He is cornered at school by a bunch of Kayakos, so there are multiple, now there are multiple Kayakos, which was pretty fun. Um, and the last segment is a short teaser for the grudge segment, Izumi, where several schoolgirls disappear in the house. So that's kind of a strange addition to the franchise. Next up, Jew on the Grudge, the first theatrical release. IMDb says, a mysterious and vengeful spirit marks and pursues everyone who dares enter the house in which it resides. Again, divided into six parts. Um, follows the lives of various residents of the cursed house when a man, of course, same thing as always, Tayoko killed his wife, Takio killed his wife, Kayako, and their son and their cat. And next up is the Takanaga family where uh, a husband, wife, and her sick mother and then his sister come over. Um, that doesn't work too well. Then social worker Rika and her boss come over. Some detectives get involved. And again, there's also some other schoolgirls. So let's see. Juan the Grudge 2. IMDb says, as their curse spreads, the ghosts find their chance to live again through the pregnancy of a cursed woman. So a pregnant film actress is working on um, a show with a film crew in the haunted house. Very bad idea. The actress and her husband uh, are driving back when it's over and they get in a car accident. He is in a coma. She miscarries but then is pregnant again. The guy's mother died. Um, and then you know where this is heading. Although many, seems like a lot of people consider this one of the weakest en enemies in the franchise. I actually liked it. Um, this, no, the CGI is not as effective as some of the others. But still, I thought it had a couple of really fun scenes going for it. Kayako crawling out of the poor pregnant woman in the delivery room after everybody that worked in the delivery room has been killed um, was crazy, so I thought that was fun. It also has a fun ending, which I won't give away. Next up, the first American remake, The Grudge, IMDb says, An American nurse living and working in Tokyo is exposed to a mysterious supernatural curse one that locks a person in a powerful rage before claiming their life and spreading to another victim. I've already said, directed by Shimizu, basically this is the same movie as You on the Grudge, but with some Americans thrown in. And also, this movie follows one central character without breaking the film into various parts. The Grudge 2, IMDb says, 
Three interwoven stories about a terrible curse, a young woman encounters a malevolent supernatural force while searching for her missing sister in Tokyo. A mean high school prank goes horribly wrong, and a woman with a deadly secret moves into a Chicago apartment building. So poor Karen, Sarah Michelle Geller, is alive at the beginning of this movie, but not for long. Her mother sends her sister to go get retrieve her, but it's too late. We have the usual high school students getting killed in the end, but in the end we find out one made her way back to the U.S. to an apartment building in Chicago, and she's trying to stay one step ahead of Kayako. We also meet Kayako's mother, who previously had not been mentioned in any movies in this one, and it turns out she's some sort of an exorcist, and she fed the demons that she exercised from people to her daughter, Kayako, which, uh, yeah, that's not very nice. Number three, The Grudge 3, I mean number seven movie, The Grudge 3, a young Japanese woman who holds the keys to stopping the evil spirit of Kayako travels to the haunted Chicago apartment from the sequel to stop the curse of Kayako once and for all. So this is the first movie to be told in a linear fashion, the first movie to be R-rated, and the first movie to take place entirely outside of Japan. And the first of the American movies that was not released theatrically. So, a kid, Jake, who survived the end of the previous movie, is now in a mental asylum, but he doesn't last long. Kayako kills him and his psychiatrist, who is Shawnee Smith from the Saw franchise. This is pretty much the same old, same old. Um, last time we met Kayako's mother, this time we met a sister who, again, like the mother, had never been mentioned ever before in any of the previous films, and she travels to the U.S. to try to help some siblings perform an exorcism to get rid of Kayako, but in the end, Kayako's sister is also killed, and she, but interestingly, she returns from the dead. So we're not sure if she's going to haunt other people now or what's going on. Juan White Ghost and Juan Black Ghost. I'll go over them individually just to get a little bit of the plot in. So Juan White Ghost, Akani begins seeing visions of a female ghost wearing the same yellow hat and red sash she wore as a school child. Uh, both of these films are each about an hour long, so together they make a good double feature. This film is not available in English, as I said previously, but I watched in Japanese. You really don't need that much dialogue to know what's going on. It opens with a guy hanging himself, and a duffel bag is nearby with a cassette recorder. It turns out he killed his family and put the daughter's head in a duffel bag. We later learned that there's also a, a cursed cassette tape. And there is an old woman ghost who wears all white. The family had moved into the house previously occupied by the family that was killed in Black Ghost. So m many people don't get that tie-in. But the curse spreads as a guy delivering a Christmas ice cream cake to the house is then cursed. And then he goes on to kill his girlfriend as he sees her as the ghost. A really weird part about this one is that the older, let's call her Granny Ghost, 
is carrying a basketball on several occasions. So we are not sure what that was supposed to be out about or if it was supposed to, uh, some CGI was supposed to take the place of that basketball, but it's, it's just weird. It made me laugh. She's wandering around with a basketball. Juan Black Ghost, IMDb says, after losing her child at birth, the dark horror of the grudge begins growing with her. This is told in seven segments. The story revolves around a girl, uh, Fuki, who discovers she has the remnants of a dead twin in her body. They, the mother and her sister, think that the evil twin needs to be exercised. Things don't go well because the sister accidentally exercised the wrong spirit. In the end, the mother takes the daughter and jumps off the hospital roof, but that doesn't end the problem either. The black ghost is up and roaming around afterwards. Tashio appears briefly in both White Ghost and Black Ghost just to tie them together with the franchise since there's really nothing else here that ties them together. And then two other movies that are typically viewed or talked about together is Juan the Beginning of the End and Juan the Final Curse. The beginning of the end, as I said previously, is considered a reboot. IMDb says, A school teacher visits the home of a boy who became absent from school for a long period of time, unaware of the horrific tragedy which occurred in the boy's household many years ago. Uh, these last two films before the crossover deal more with Tashio than Kayako. They also attempt to make the father, Takio, more sympathetic for some reason. Uh, because Toshio is not his child, uh, and I guess the Toshio ghost impregnates Kayako, and then she tells the husband that it's not his son, which is not a wise thing to do, And but that still doesn't give him any reason to kill everybody and put the cat in the microwave. That's what pissed me off the most. Do whatever you'd want to the people, leave the cat alone. Shimizu was not involved in these last to as a writer, but producer, um, the producers we already says of the other movies is the co-writer on both of these. Other than the special effects, a girl getting slammed against the ceiling, a giant head in the subway, cat meowing come from the microwave, and my favorite, uh, a woman has her jaws pulled off and then the guy gets his neck snapped. Other than that, there's really not much different going on in these movies. And then Juan, The Final Curse, which, as we know, is not The Final Curse. IMDb says, following the events of Juan, the beginning of the end, uh, May, the older sister of elementary school teacher uh, Yui Shono, goes to look for her sister who disappeared after a year while working in the elementary school. Continues with the weird alternate mythology from the previous films. Toshio is the big bad. Kayako just kind of hangs around. Again, the special effects are all that are remotely interesting. Kayako looks particularly bad in this movie. Although I did like the elevator full of Toshios. And besides the May plot, we have a live Toshio going to live with his aunt after his father killed his mother. I'm not sure what's up with him since he seems to be able to turn into a ghost anytime he wants. I have no idea what's going on. Anyway, at some point the spirit takes possession of a little girl, jumps from that body into a little girl. 
Also, there is no resolution to the curse. I guess they just needed a name for the movie. And that sounded like a good one. And then the crossover, which is Sadako versus Kayako. IMDb says the vengeful spirits of the ring and the grudge series face off. This is a fun crossover like Freddy vs. Jason. Here, the curse of the cursed video, which after watching Sadako or Samara, uh, will call you on the phone and then kill you in two days. Notice the ring franchise says seven days, but here it's two days. You can try to give the, the tape to someone else in order to save yourself. You can try to kill yourself before your time is up, but then Sadako will just show up early. The beginning and setup are a little slow in my opinion. Sadako and Toshio get some screen time, but you don't see Kayako until 25 minutes to go in the movie. Finally, end up with the two girls cursed by both. That was their solution to try to keep, um, keep the two girls alive, is to watch the video and go in the house and then see which one would try to kill them and... The idea is they would prevent the other one from killing them because they want to do it themselves. So Sadako and Kayako start fighting with only 10 minutes to go in the movie. I won't tell you the ending to ruin the fun. Um, this is a great idea in my opinion. There are some really funny laugh out loud moments. It's still worth a watch even if it is a bit slow in the beginning. And The Grudge 2020. IMDb says a house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Again, did not see this, so can't really tell you the specifics of it, except the reviews uh, across the board are bad. I have heard, you know, there's just some jump scares. There's really nothing very new or interesting in this movie. So what I'll probably do is do a single serving size episode separately of this later but it doesn't sound like I'm missing much unfortunately and last the TV series Yuan Origins as I already said it's on Netflix IMDB says um, Hanjo Haruka is a uh, actress she hears the sound of footsteps at night in her house when she learns of psychic researcher um, Yashio from a TV variety series, she seeks counsel from him about her problem. Shimizu was not involved in this anyway. This is not a prequel, but they say it's a dramatization of actual events. Uh, I don't know about that. Anyway, it follows the paranormal investigator and the actress and their ties to the house. I wrote a, quite a bit about this. But I'm not sure it's worth reading here. It jumps, jumps back and forth in time. Um, just check it out. Like I said, not a big time investment. Six episodes, 30 minutes each, so three hours total. Um, this was one of my favorites of the series. On to trivia. For the trivia, since there are so many of these movies, I may have to skip some of it, but we'll try to hit the highlights here. So, Juan the Curse, the strange vocal sounds were performed by director Takashi Shimizu. During the initial uh, shooting, Takako Fuji was only emoting, who played Kayako, only emoting anger and rage. Shimizu directed her to emote more emotions in subsequent takes 
to show that Kayako was once human and that she might even be sad and misunderstood. Tashio's spirit is often heard meowing throughout the film. Not only does this imply that his spirit merged with his deceased cat Mar, but also relates to an old Japanese legend where the damned spirits of lost children become strays and as a result produce a cat's meow. The house used in this film was not a constructed set, but a real location, which had been rented for film production. It became a tourist attraction. Following the franchise's popularity, the house was demolished in 2019. This is the only film in the entire series that has the ghostly version of Kayako speak, and she simply says, Kobayashi-kan, before giving Kobayashi a kiss of death. And that was the guy, of course, that she secretly had the, the crush on. Some characters in the film receive a phone call from an unknown number, which is 444-444-4444. The number 4 is also a homophone for the Japanese character of death. This number is often considered a sign of bad luck in Japanese culture. Also, these two short films, I think it's mentioned a little bit later, but... Both are, are very short, like three minutes long each, um, and they are on YouTube if you want to check them out. The novelization of Juan the, Crud, the Grudge fight provides further details on why Takio wrongly suspected Toshio was not his son. Um, they visited a doctor, basically. The doctor told him he had a low sperm account. And then that's what caused him to think that Toshio was not his son. Despite this, Toshio is canonically his son, as it is still possible to conceive a child even with low spur count. The strange croaking sound that comes from Kayako's mouth is a result of her husband, Takio, repeatedly stabbing her with a box cutter to her neck. She is trying to breathe through a broken windpipe. This is why she's covered in blood. Um, her stumbles also come from the fact that her ankle was broken as she tried to run away from her husband. The reason the Sakai family has a black cat as a pet is because in Japanese folklore, it is said that owning a black cat will bring you good luck and fortune, which is exactly the opposite, of course, of um, how black cats are viewed in U.S. culture. Um, Takashi Shimuzu cast Takako Fuji. After seeing her perform in live theater, he immediately approached her after the show was finished and offered her the role of Kayako. The backstory that creates the curse in the series is strongly reminiscent of the myth of Owa, O-I-W-A, a traditional Japanese Onro legend. She was a housewife disfigured and brutally murdered by her unfaithful husband. She returns to haunt him like Kayako does to Takio in this film and makes him murder his new lover. According to the legend, a curse accompanies her story and those who retell it will suffer injuries and even death. The disfiguring aspect of the Oro, Oro is likely what inspired Sadako Yamamura's appearance in Ringu. Uh, spoilers. Let's see. Kana and Mayoso, her unseen friend who only appears via a photo off screen's death, go unexplained in the film along with um, 
Sayoshi's disappearance. Their ultimate fates are explained in the short films that preceded these films, Katasumi and 4444, as I just said, which reveal that Kana's jaw was ripped off by Kayako, explaining her appearance in this film. Juwan the Grudge 2, the opening 30 minutes of this film, is simply a recap of the first Juwan that leaves 30, or did I say 40-something minutes, for the new story. The off-repeated claim that this movie was direct-to-video releases false, which I just said too. Um, it had a world premiere at a theater in Tokyo and ran for seven consecutive nights. So I guess technically... It was a theatrical release, but it only ran for seven nights. Spoilers. The film ends with a short final segment consisting of a close-up of the Nurima house from outside with voiceovers indicating a group of high school girls, one of whom is named Sayori, sneaking into the house. They're exploring the second floor, and the film ends right after they notice something in the attic. The segment serves as a teaser for the theatrical film release of Jew on the Grudge, and is likely the prelude to the Izumi segment of that film, as Sori is the name of one of Izumi's friends who went missing in the house. Next up, Zhu on the Grudge. Um, let's see here. The actor that played Toshio, Yuya Oziki, O-Z-E-K-I, is terrified of cats in real life, making filming any of Toshio's pet cat Mar scenes troublesome. Sam Raimi helped Sony obtain the rights, the remake rights, as he was a big fan of this film, saying it terrified him. Um, let's see. The previous actor who played Toshio... And Juwan and Juwan the Curse 2 had outgrown the role. So that's why it went to the other actor. This is the only film in the Juwan series that has Kayako wearing a different haircut compared to all the others, including the American remakes. Although she is known for having long, dark, uh, straight hair, here she's wearing a short and wavy bob haircut. Um, let's see. Spoilers. Not really spoiler, I don't think. Being a ballet dancer and a trained contortionist, um, Tayako Fuji performed all of the unnatural and seemingly impossible bend snaps and jerky moments that Kayako performed in the film, especially in the infamous staircase sequence. No special effects or CGI were used at any point. That's pretty cool. The infamous scene where Kayako attacks a character from underneath the gap in her bed sheets was inspired by an old Japanese urban legend of the girl in the gaps, a ghost which is said to enter our world only through small gaps in the real world. The final body count in this movie is 17, including the Sakai family and their cat. Um, there are some deleted scenes, but I'm just going to skip those. Um, though never explicitly stated or seen in the film, Yoko Tayama, Azumi's catatonic mother, is heavily implied to be deceased 
likely claimed by the curse. This is hinted at when she's no longer around in her house, only Izumi is being hunted down by Kayako and the ghosts of her dead friends. Um, Miyuki is the only other main character in the films that appears to survive by the end of the series, not including the reboots. Hiromi from the sequel is the second example, although Chihuru does return for Juan the Grudge 2. She eventually meets her demise in the film. And Juan the Grudge 2. The first film in the Juwan series that does not feature the ghost or presence of Takai Saiki, the husband. This would be the last installment of the Juwan franchise, written and directed by Shimizu. The bridge that Kayoko and her daughter are crossing in the end of the film is the same bridge that appeared in the original Juwan. Hiromi is the only main character that survives the end, the events of the film, and one of the few characters in the whole series to remain unharmed. And we already said the other one is Miyuki. The Grudge, the American remake. Before filming, the cast and crew went through a ceremony where they were blessed so that nothing could happen to them during the filming. Unlike the other Japanese horror remakes, like The Ring, Dark Water, Pulse, One Missed Call, this is the only film out of the others that actually remained in Japan instead of moving the story to America. The snapping and popping sounds that accompany the appearance of Kayako are made with a hair comb. Jason Bear and Katie Strickland on this, uh, both met on the set and became um, and began dating due to their interest in Japanese culture. Despite not sharing any roles together, they eventually married two years later. Although the house was built entirely on a soundstage, the actors and cast still had to take off their shoes to enter to be respectful. Uh, interestingly, Jason Bear was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as was Clea Duvall, um, along with, of course, Buffy Sarah Michelle Gellar. On the way to the graveyard, Karen and Doug passed three schoolgirls on the street, a reference to Izumi and her friends from the original Jew on the Grudge. Their storyline would eventually be adapted for The Grudge 2. When filming the infamous shower scene, Sharon Michelle Geller discovered she was allergic to the water as it caused her skin to itch. So, as to properly film the scene safely, Geller was dressed in black hefty bags from the waist down and in a tube top. Due to American violence ratings and the commitment to a PG-13 rating, the off-screen implication that Takio repeatedly stabbed Kayako with a box cutter, was omitted from the film, although it was present in the original film. This is why she's covered in blood in the iconic staircase scene. 
The scene where he drags her body across the house while holding the box cutter was restored in the unrated version. Um, Selma Blair was first choice for lead role, which ultimately went to Sarah Michelle Gellar, both previously collaborated on Cruel Intentions and briefly in Scream 2. <coughs> Shimizu was eager to work on a remake of his own film, as he saw it as an opportunity to improve and fix some of the perceived problems and flaws that were present in the original film. Though the film is primarily a remake of the original Zhu on the Grudge, there are several plot elements that are lifted from other films, as we already said. Detective Nakagawa is a composite character of sorts as he shares the name of the profession of Detective Nakagawa from the original Zhu on the Grudge, but his personality and actions are closer to those of retired Detective Toyama, also from the original film. Like Toyama, he lost his colleagues to the curse and also tries to burn the house down. Shimizu didn't speak English, so he had to have translators on set in order to help him direct the cast and crew who didn't understand Japanese. Mara the Cat was killed in the original film Zhu on the Curse by stabbing when... Takio threw him into the bathtub and slashed him repeatedly with a box cutter. And in order to keep the PG-13 rating, his death had to be altered to Mar being drowned instead and the murder itself being off-screen. The only film in the American remake trilogy that features Kayako covered in blood. In all subsequent films, she is completely clean with no blood stains. although in The Grudge 3, Jack Kimball mentions he saw her covered in blood. When the film was released in Japan, it was retitled The Juwan, similar to the original Japanese films. Bill Pullman appeared in Scary Movie 3, a parody of this film. He plays the exact same character that Peter Kirk is in the film. Karen's research revealed that the Sakai family is located, house is located in Suganami. This ward is four miles away from the Narima ward where the house from the original Juwan films were filmed. And this film, for some reason, received one star out of four, and it is included on Robert Ebert's most hated films list. Um, this film reveals, reveals that Kayako got revenge on her homicidal husband by ripping his jaw off and strangling him with her hair to death. Tasho's ghost then proceeds to swing his hanging corpse in the room, causing a loud banging sound. Although this plot element was not present in the original Juwan the Grudge, Takio's death had already been seen in Juwan, the previous film, where he is killed in the street by Kayako. It was actually lifted from the original film sequel, where a similar thing happened to Tom Tomoka and Narutaka, who visit the house in Juwan the Grudge 2.
as Kayako strangles them and hangs them both with her hair. The infamous bedroom scene where Kayako attacks Susan from underneath the gap in her sheets, I already read that, is called based on a Japanese urban legend called Girl in the Gaps. Um, Takako Fuji, Kayako, has a fear of fire which made filming the ending rather difficult when Karen attempts to burn the house down to finally end the curse. A common criticism of this film compared to the original is the inclusion of the Jawless Yoko scene as being an example of the filmmakers making the movie gorier than the original version for the sake of gratuity. This is despite the scene being a recreation of the scene from Juan in which the same thing happened to Kana. Peter Kirk, who Kayako has an obsessive crush on, is American in Incarnation of Kobayashi, a character from Juan. Kobayashi was a college friend of Kayako, and when they they were reunited because he ended up being Tasho's school teacher. And she fell in love with him again, and she wrote about him continually in her journal, which um, Takio later found, and then they went crazy. Peter ends up uh, committing suicide at the beginning of this film. Um, although he was previously in the house. In the alternate ending, after Karen is covered, recovered from the burning of the Sakai house and wheeled into an ambulance, she, ha she has another vision of the Sakai family seeing them entering the house with Toshio's new pet cat, Toshio then looks back at Karen in the ambulance before Kayako calls for him. This ending was scrapped because it spoiled Karen's survival of the house fire from the audience and because the test audiences were confused and thought it was a happy ending. Body count here is nine. Doug, Matthew, Jennifer, Susan, the detective, Yoko, Peter, Emma, and Alex. Eleven if you count the real estate agent and Detective Ergashi, who were confirmed dead in deleted scenes. Characters that, Karen is the only main character to survive the events. Peter is also the only character that wasn't killed by the curse, rather he committed suicide, but he had been in the house, so I didn't take that as he committed suicide. I take that as she took possession of him and then he killed himself. Um... Not going to read again all these deleted scenes. Yoko is a composite of three characters Yaki and Kana from Juwan, and Rika, the protagonist from Juwan the Grudge. <coughs> Detective Ragashi's fate is ultimately left unknown in the film, despite the fact that he should have died given that he entered the house and interacted with cursed individuals. Uh, let's see here. 
Doug is an original character compared to the others and shares no Japanese film counterpart. Rika, Karen's Japanese counterpart, did not have a boyfriend in the original. His fate does, however, mirror that of Mariko, Rika's best friend from Juwan the Grudge. Both follow the protagonist to the Sakai house and are promptly killed as a result. The Grudge 2. The first film omitted the subplot involving the three Skrull girls which were present in the original Jew on the Grudge. The plot was resurrected in this film. If you look quickly on the Columbia logo screen before the feature, the standard logo appears normal for a moment, then hair grows, and the Columbia statue turns to Kayako as the word Columbia changes to Grudge 2. The original Japanese films keep the backstory of Kayako and her family relatively vague, with all the details being implied. Shimizu said this was intentional and wished to keep it that way for the American remakes. However, studio interference is what led to Shimizu begrudgingly giving Kayako a backstory in this film and introducing her mother. And, um... Well, one idea um, that didn't make it to screen was that Kayako would have a twin sister, which Shimizu vehemently rejected. Grudge 3 would introduce Kayako's sister, although she was not her twin. I would have rather kept it vague, to be honest, because I think that makes it better. Let's see here. Kayako's mother is an Itako, I-T-A-K-O, who is known in Japanese culture as blind Japanese exorcists that feed the evil spirits that they remove from the victims to another vessel. This is why her character in the film rarely makes eye contact with Aubrey when they meet. This movie marked Tam Amber Tamblin's second Japanese horror remake, with the first film being The Ring, which of course is the remake of Ringu. This was um, retitled Juan Pandemic when released in Japan. Contrary to popular belief, this film is not a remake of Juan the Grudge 2. It is, for the most part, follows its own unique storyline. The schoolgirl subplot is taken from Juan the Grudge, while the subplot involving the family moving into a cursed home is based on a similar segment in Juan the Cursed 2. A rare feat for a horror series, Shimizu has directed every single film in the series, including the Japanese original, until he was replaced in The Grudge 3 by Toby Wilkins. He did, however, as I said, remain producer on that film. This was Ariel Kebbell's first Asian remake, with the second being The Uninvited. This film underperformed expectations and grossed $39.1 in North America, making it the first ever film over $20 million. Uh, 
yet grossed less than 50% of its earnings after opening weekend. Okay, whatever. Um, on September 19, 2016, Yahoo Movies was the first site to release three short films titled Tales from the Grudge. With an introduction from one of the producers of The Grudge, Sam Raimi, the series of shorts expands on the story of the Sakai curse. The shorts also appear on the film's official Sony Pictures Entertainment website. Fans who volunteer their mobile phone and receive surprise calls from Kayaku or Toshio. The films also became available on other film and horror-related podcasts as part of a widespread and unique digital marketing campaign. The opening scene where Trish pours hot frying pan oil on Bill's head and then bludgeons him to death with a pan is a recreation of a similar scene in Jew on the Curse 2. But of course, if you didn't see that, you wouldn't realize that. Although the film underperformed compared to the first, it still opened number one and was the highest grossing film on the opening weekend of October 13th. This is the longest film in the series with a runtime of 102 minutes and 108 minutes if you count the unrated cut. In keeping with the casting connections with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Amber Tamblyn guest starred on the show and reunited with Sarah Je- Michelle Geller in this film. The majority of the film was shot in Tokyo. For Aubrey and Allison scenes, Jake's story was shot in Chicago. Kayako's mother is an original character and shares no counterpart from the original Shuan movies. She is, however, briefly mentioned in the novelization. Let's see here. Sony employed various marketing techniques to promote the film. Many forum sites such as IMDb were swamped with claims that Sony was playing an April Fool's joke. A few days later, the site's authenticity was proven and claims that it was a hoax were proven as false. Um, this film was not screened in advance for critics, which is often a bad sign. Chronologically speaking, in this movie, Aubrey's story takes place first, then Allison's, and then Jake's. More deleted scenes. Um, Lacey was drowned in the bathtub off-screen, and Tasho attacked and drowned Trish in the bathtub, just like Detective Nakagawa was drowned by Takio in The Grudge, Brenda by Toshio in The Grudge 3, and Peter was drowned off-screen, while Melinda was drowned by her possessed mother, Fiona. 
Body count in this movie, 14. Karen, her sister Aubrey, Eason, Vanessa, Mayuki, Allison, school counselor, Hayako's mother, Lacey, Allison's parents, Sally, Bill, Trish. Jake is the only character to survive the events of the film. Allison's parents are revealed to have been killed in deleted scenes and confirmed dead in The Grudge 3. Um, let's see. And we have a ripped off jaw. Kayoko rips off Yoko's jaw in the first movie and deleted epilogue. Miss Davis encounters Kayoko's journal among her daughter's belongings. Sent to her from Japan after the death. Afterwards, Kayoko rips her jaw off by ejecting herself from her mouth. In The Grudge 3, Kayoko kills Gretchen by gouging out her eyes and ripping her jaw off. The Grudge 3. Although the film takes place in Chicago um, and briefly in Tokyo, it was actually filmed in Bulgaria. The location of filming caused issues with the predominantly English-speaking cast and crew who didn't speak Bulgarian, resulting in the need for several translators on set. This is the first film in either the Grudge or Juan franchises to take place in chronological order. The first feature-length movie not to star Takako Fuji as Kayoko. see. Toby Wilkins was recruited to work on the film as he had directed the Tales from the Grudge short films that were used to promote the previous film. It's the only film in the series that does not feature Tasho's pet cat as the budget would not allow a cat to be used for production. His, mouth, his meow is still heard from Tasho's mouth though. Um, although the actress who played Kayako in this movie was flexible enough to perform the required contortions and disturbing movements of Kayako, her movements were still clearly sped up, slightly edited to enhance the effect. First installment of the Grudge franchise, as I said, to be rated R. Body count in this one is 8. Jake, Dr. Sullivan, Brenda, Andy, Max, Gretchen, Mr. Prasky, and Nayoko. Lisa and Rose are the only main characters to survive the events of the film. Nayako's ghost wears a kimono coming closer to how the onro is depicted in Japanese tradition wearing burial kimonos. And a bit more trivia to go. Not a lot about these last movies. Nothing really on Black Ghost or White Ghost. Um, Juwan, The Beginning of the End. Actress Masaki Saisho is the second actress to play Kayaku's ghost in the Juwan films. And at the time, 
the fifth actress overall. Um, and in this movie, up until this movie, the actor who played Takayo was Takashi Matsuyama. Final Curse, no trivia. Sadako versus Kayako. The project started out as an April Fool's gag but became a reality due to strong fan entrance. Interest to promote the film, an Instagram account was created for Kayako and Toshio depicting humorous everyday life situations with Tsukos. And I checked that out. That is freaking hilarious. You should, you should definitely take a look at that. Also, a baseball match was organized in Japan to promote the film, where a match between creepy horror characters Sadako and Kayoko stunned the audience. That's great to check out, too, on YouTube. These are a lot of fun. Um, the film reestablishes Kayako as the primary antagonist of the Zhuan series after serving as a secondary villain in the two most recent installments prior to the crossover. For marketing purposes, several pieces of merchandise and goodies Played on the cute aspect regularly used in Japan were released such as cup holders, beauty mask, something with Hello Kitty, um, also had t-shirts, keychains, and doorknob hangers. A certain number of events were held for the promotion of the film on Twitter. Users can vote for either Sadako or Kayoko as their favorite horror icon. The end votes were scheduled for the 17th of June. Two videos, one for Sadako and one for Kayoko and Toshio, were uploaded on YouTube. To, um, based on the votes, Sadako won, surprisingly, in the, to me anyway. And in the end of May, a press conference was held to promote the movie. As it happened between the previous Zuan movies, Sadako, Kayoko, and Toshio were present in costume and stayed true to their roles. That also was fun. This film shared no connection with any of the previous installments or other franchises and instead set its own continuity where the ghost exists in the same universe. A Twitter account created for Sadako was reused for promotional purposes. Compared to the rest of the Ring films and related installments, Sadako only has to appear after two days, which is what I said previously, instead of the usual in that franchise seven days. And The Grudge 2020, like I said, didn't see it, um, but there's a couple of things in here. The original plan was to reboot the series completely, featuring a new storyline that abandoned the Sakai family. However, it was confirmed in an interview with Nicholas that the film takes place during the events of The Grudge and The Grudge 2. Um, I already said this is the first American Grudge film that did not involve Takashi Shimizu, who directed the original four Juan movies and the two American remakes. Although he did not direct Grudge 3, he was a producer. Final film of Stephanie Shirk. She died on April 2019th of suicide. She was married to 
Damien Bashar, her co-star. This movie received an F cinema score, the worst possible score, which is very rare. Only 20 other films have ever received an F score. It was not screamed in advance for critics. Bad sign. Um, not reading all the rest of this. This film cast include two Oscar nominees, Damien Bashar and Jackie Weaver. Jackie Weaver was also in one of my favorite um, women in prison series, Wentworth. So if you haven't checked that one out, check that one out on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. The film takes place in 2004, 2005, and 2006. Um, Junko Bailey, the seventh actress to play Kayoko, uh, this time in a cameo role, follows Takako Fuji, who originated the role and played her until The Grudge 2. Despite being the central antagonist of the franchise, Kayako only has seven to eight seconds of screen time. If you also count her arm lunging out from a garage bag and only appears in the opening scene with Fiona in Tokyo. The Landers family as ghosts are the main antagonist, their deaths having created new curse. Fiona is briefly attacked by Kayoko in the Psycho House back alley where she emerges from a nearby garbage bag. This is a homage to the original Juwan movie where... Takio is killed in the street when Kayoko emerges from a nearby dumpster. The first film in the American Drudge series not to feature Toshio, Takio, or the cat Mar, the former two only having photographic cameos. Although Takio did not physically appear in the Grudge 3, his spirit was said to have been to have possessed Max, while Mar's meowing sound can still be heard coming from Toshio. The body count here is eight. Fiona, Sam, Melinda, Faith, William, Lorna, Peter Spencer, and Nina. Nine if you count Nina's unborn child. Muldoon's fate is left unknown as she is attacked by Fiona's ghost in the ending. Juan Origins, no trivia. So, why should you watch these movies? Well, these movies are an excellent example of J-horror. Um, and the early ones show how much can be done with just a very small budget. However, many of these movies, as you've heard, are basic retread of different parts of other and previous movies. So the basic, the basic premise is always the same. You go in a cursed house, you die. That's it. Then other people around you become cursed, they die. The curse spreads like a contagious something, a cold or something, and there's no way to escape it. So the, the plot cannot evolve in any way because there's no way to escape the curse. Um, instead of watching all of these films, I would suggest watching Jew on the Grudge, Jew on the Grudge 2. There is a lot of love from some people for Jew on the Curse. Um, definitely The Grudge, the American remake, and the TV series Origins. Um, I'd also suggest watching... Sadako versus Kayako, although I was a bit disappointed because their fight took up such a small um, part of the movie. Most of the movie was set up, but I really think it's a great idea, and I wish they just had expanded the final part, and then it would have been really good.
The rest of the movies, skip them unless you're a hardcore fan. It took me a long time to get through these movies. I felt like I was being cursed as well because it was, seemed to be the same thing when you watch them all together over and over and over again. But don't get me wrong, um, Kayako and Toshio are definitely iconic characters. I think they're great. It's just there are too many movies with the same thing. Um, and if I'd watched them farther apart, I might have enjoyed them all better. But like I said, watching 13 of these movies and a TV series in the same time is kind of rough. Um, now for some Japanese foods. I'm not going to go too far in this. But I got this from uh, GoWithGuide.com, 15 Most Popular Foods to Eat in Japan. So I'm just going to hit the highlights. And some of them, if you eat a lot of Japanese food, these are you'll recognize these. Sushi and sashimi, of course. Number one, uh, ramen noodles, and not the kind that you buy in the packets. And again, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Uh, tempura. That's definitely good. Uh, curry rice. Something I cannot pronounce, which is okonomiyaki. It's similar to a pancake with the way it's pressed on a griddle, but the ingredients are much more diverse and it's usually considered a savory dish. It is typically made with flour, yam, and egg, but you can add almost anything you like. Common ingredients include green onions, beef, shrimp, squid, vegetables, and cheese. Um, a hot pot dish, shabu, shabu, is um, use many kinds of meats and seafood, mostly the softer kinds, and sides of vegetables, tofu, and noodles. The way it works is you grab a piece of meat and you can pick some of the vegetables and immerse it in the pot with hot water and consomme once it's cooked. You dip it in the sesame sauce with some rice as a side dish. Very delicious. Miso soup. That's good. And yakitori. Y-A-K-I-T-O-R-I is a Japanese um, like skewer. Earlier in history, the meat used was just chicken but nowadays it can also be pork, beef, or fish. Onigiri, this O-N-I-G-A-R-I, this is the most popular snack in Japan. No matter what time it is or where you are, if you're hungry and you don't have time, you can buy one. They're rice ball seasoned in a variety of ways. Some are filled with chicken, vegetable, fish, egg, and can be covered with a piece of seaweed. Some have mixed rice. Some sauce, vegetables, beans, etc. You can find a huge variety of flavor for all palates. There are shops that only sell these, um, but you can also grab them at a convenience store or supermarket. And I'm not going to go through the rest of these. You can check out the link, see what you think. Um, but I, I personally love sushi. Um, and miso soup, and a few of the other things that were mentioned here. And where can you find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. And we're on Twitter at Food and Fright. Um, and contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com. 
or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. So that's it for this week. Like I said, it took me quite a while to get through all these films, so I'm going to do something much smaller next week. Um, Until then, hope you're having a great summer, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.